Paul Zelzer. Today's guest is one of the first business coaches to focus on the needs of social entrepreneurs and impact founders. He's also the host of one of the world's longest-running social entrepreneur podcasts, Awarepreneurs. He'll share insights about his work and his superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show, where we empower you. Paul, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It is just it's just a delight to connect. Thanks for having me. And thanks for this work you've been doing for a really long time, Devin. I know what it takes to keep a show going and yeah. just a big bow to you. It takes a lot of work thank and you. audience. I hope you appreciate how much work it takes. Well, thank you. You're you're very kind to point that out. Yeah, I've been doing this now for uh, a decade and uh, you know, 1500 episodes under my belt. It's been a, uh, a lot of work, but uh, what a joy. You know, and I think you can relate to this, can't you? You, you know, you host the Awarepreneurs podcast and uh, you've done hundreds of episodes, what, five or 600 now? And no, but, uh, 285. So I'm only like 20% of where you are, Devin. So I've only done <laughs> okay. 20% of the work. So I can bow your direction in an informed <laughs> no, but, way. <laughs> but but um, I, I think... You know, uh, you were kind to have me on your show recently, and I'm so grateful. It, it was uh, a delight. You're a fabulous host. But I think you can relate to this. Uh, maybe you you do it better than I do, I think, which is to say you connect with your guests. And and the people you have on are amazing people. And, and that's what I've experienced, right? Uh, I You know, I'm, I'm always talking to people like you, and it is just a joy. Uh, I, I can't wait for the next recording session. Uh, it's just really a delight. Yeah, it, it's, it's such a great, it's almost like an unfair advantage when you're a podcast host like you and I are, Devin. So, you know, I have an episode in the can from somebody who just won a Fast Company Award number four in their space in the CSR you know, in an impact space and somebody else just pitched me today and they have a social enterprise, 700 people in two years from concept to 700. And how did they do that? I get to ask them questions. How did they fund yeah. it? What were their marketing strategies? Like when you have hundreds of conversations with some of the smartest social enterprise leaders on the planet, you learn a thing or two. So it's yeah. a bit of an unfair advantage and it's also a lot of work, right? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it is just, it, it's, uh, it's just a joy, but um, tell us a little bit about, I, I think your podcast and mine are, 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 are very similar in terms of our audience, our targets, but tell us about yours. Let me not put my words over yours. You tell us about your show. Yeah. So if anybody knows Guy Raz's podcast, How I Built This, which is just a fabulous podcast. If you don't, the short version is he interviews um, really well-known people about, they might be a, a document, um, a filmmaker who makes a powerful documentary or an entrepreneur or an author. And the whole premise is how I built this, but he really unpacks it with like a little bit of backstory. And then like, what is the thing and how did they come up with the idea and really digging into the details of how I built it, right? So I like to think about awarepreneurs as the how I built this of social entrepreneurship. We do deep dive interviews, usually 50, 55 minutes, and we go into a lot more nuance about how did somebody, you know, what was their startup funding? What was their capital? 
Um, what are their marketing strategies? Where have they pivoted along the way? Because maybe they thought they had product market fit, but then they didn't, right? Or COVID comes along and how did you survive that? Or where were you five years ago or last year? And where are you going in three years? Really getting into the nuance of social enterprise, a little bit less cheerleader, rah, 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 social entrepreneurship is great, which it is, but I feel like that message is out a lot. What I wanted to do, it's what I do in my uh, consulting as well, but especially in the podcast, so I wanted to get into the nuts and bolts of how to real world social enterprise leaders who are doing well at scale, how'd they get there and share that and give it away for free. That's brilliant. That's it's brilliant. Um, well, it's a, it's an amazing show and you're a fabulous host. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your consulting though. You alluded to this. Tell us about your consulting practice and who you're helping and how you're helping. Yeah, so this is still how I make the majority of my living. I do a bunch of different things just to kind of put it in context. I'm a scout for several climate and impact-focused VC funds, and I get contracts. I just got word today I got a contract to help a group of impact investors scale and grow, attract new members. Um, so I do a bunch of different things, but the majority of how I earn my livelihood, Devin, is that I'm a consultant slash coach for founders. More traditionally, it's been startup founders, although more and more I'm getting into growth stage founders, which is really fun. They already have some momentum and revenue and they want to scale it. So I'm doing more of that. But it's really, you know, basic business questions. Who's your ideal audience? How do we design a product that we really get that product market fit? Because once you have product market fit, your ride as a social entrepreneur is way better than somebody who doesn't have it. The simple version of product market fit, if anybody heard that and hasn't heard it, but doesn't know what it is, the simple way I describe it is your who, who your ideal client is, and your what, your product or your service. If you're on YouTube, you can see me doing this. If you're listening audio, I'm taking my fingers and intertwining the fingers of my right hand with the fingers of my left hand, where those two things come together is product market fit. And I see a lot of social entrepreneurs who have done a lot of work in their values and the impact they want to have. They might be a little fuzzier in who they want to help, but then they start to get really fuzzy. The level of clarity drops off in what they actually are bringing to market. And sometimes there's some assumptions that don't fit what people are looking to actually buy. And then you have a concept instead of a business. And that's a really stressful thing to lead when you have a great desire to make an impact to the world, but you're not bringing in revenue at the scale that you want to. And then there's all kinds of problems that come with that. So sometimes people hire me to not go there in the first place. Paul, I heard you can help with this. And sometimes people circle back around, look, I've been in business three years or five years or eight years, and I don't quite have that robust product market fit, Paul, and I heard you can help. So those are the kinds of issues I tend to work on. That is a great, great description of a problem. Uh, now, I, I want to get into the weeds a little bit there because it is such, I think it it is the, the fundamental problem all entrepreneurs face. And I think to some extent, uh, nonprofit leaders, others face this kind of thing as well, right? Uh, Absolutely. There is some misalignment between what you're trying to do, what you want to do, how you want to help, and what the market wants to pay for. Yeah. So 
give us an example or two. Uh, anonymize them if you can, so you can give us some of the the hard oh, totally. lessons. But yeah, but, totally. but, uh, but let's give us some uh, tips so, here based yeah, on so your experience. A great example. I had the absolute pleasure introduced uh, interviewing the founder Marshil Patel of a wonderful social enterprise called Therapy Notebooks. If anybody knows paying attention, like right now, we are in the midst of a mental health crisis. The level of stress and anxiety and depression and suicidality is off the charts. And by the way, the research tells us that entrepreneurs deal with those issues more than the average population. I will out myself, I include myself in that. So this is a very significant problem all over the world. Arshil is a founder of color and he sees that it's particularly true getting access to quality mental health care is even harder. It's harder for anybody, but it's even harder from people from marginalized communities. He comes from a uh, like a startup and he, he's an engineer, he's a computer engineer. He's not like somebody who's in the mental health space, but just from paying attention in, his, in the communities he cares the most about, he's like, wow, this is a really big problem. And what I'm seeing out there is not inspiring me. So he talks to his best friend who they went to college. They're both in the startup world. They're both kind of computer guys. And they say, well, of course, what we need is a platform or an app. And they start talking to people. And what they found is, yes, this is a huge problem. I mean, a huge problem, but no, I'm not going to use a platform or an app. I spent too much time looking at screens. This is what they did over 50 market research interviews. And you can listen to the episode, but they spent a year just doing really deep market research. And even though the problem Everybody agreed. Then they then they were like, well, we'll do like this cool kind of coffee shop slash therapy office kind of mashup and make it safer and cooler to go to therapy. But how do you scale that? That didn't work. So they, they went through several iterations and ultimately it was talking through people. What they land on is, uh, I think they're in the other room, um, but they landed on an analog journal. Totally surprised that. But when they were like, okay, what's needed and what's wanted? And they landed on a series right now. They're 18 months in. They've sold over two, they have 200,000 plus customers in 18 months. And many of those customers have bought more than one of those journals. There's one for anxiety, one for depression. But they started by listening. They did very careful market research and they knew there was an issue there and they wanted to help. But their immediate bias as computer people is we need a platform or an app. And people said, I'm going to wind up on Instagram or whatever. I spend too much time there already. But yes, and they made these gorgeous, really high quality, everything evidence-based where you literally sit down and write in a journal. You're not on a screen. And that was an advantage to the people they wanted to help. And they've sold over 200,000 200, customers, many of them buying multiple journals in 18 months. So that was just a fabulous example who... They knew their impact area, but they took the time to do the research to design something that really fit. They had that product market fit. And you can go take a look at what their products are, but you can get a, one of them I saw was $38 for the, I forget which journal it was, somewhere 33, 200,000 plus customers, more than that journals. You can do the math in your head. It's been a fabulous social enterprise. And part of the reason they've done so well is they really did a deep dive in that market research area. 
Now, that, that is a really good, clear example. And it's so fascinating uh, because it's hard to believe, you know, being a, a bit of a tech guy myself, to think that the what you would settle on, and I could see how difficult it would be to let the market guide you to. It was uh, so challenging. He's an a analog journal guy. I, He's literally trained yeah. to build platforms, and the market told him we don't want a platform, and that too much time on screen is actually already challenge contributing to these mental health challenges, and to yeah. his, you know, to their his co-founder is no longer with the company, but to their credit, they listened, even though their yeah. bias and their skill sets are confused, but you can imagine how challenged, but, 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 but we build computer, we build platforms. <laughs> we know how to do that. Wait, you're telling me that you don't want that. And the honest answer was that's what their market was telling them. And they yeah. listened. And I know so yeah, many that... social entrepreneurs who either don't ask or they get, they get feedback from the marketplace and their biases get in the way. And then it's three years and five years and the company really struggles. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, and boy, I I, I am susceptible to that. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, yeah, that, that idea of wanting to persist uh, in in doing what I want to do instead of what the market wants. So that's a great lesson for me. I really, I really feel that is highly relevant for me. Uh, Paul, you have been really uh, successful and you've done some amazing things. Uh, what is your superpower? You know, the superpower that I think might be most useful to talk about for your audience, Devin, is I'm a super connector, right? So we were talking before we hit record and, you know, the upcoming, um, this, uh, oh God, Super Fun 23. Right? Super Crowd 23. Super yeah. Crowd 23. I'm dyslexic. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Crowdfunding is super crowd 23 there's a founder that i got to interview who's doing something really really cool and listeners you should come to super crowd 23 it's going to be awesome but i i found out about him because of my podcast and got access to him i actually know him from linkedin i was like oh my gosh it's a founder of color doing something incredible in the crowdfunding space and because I have a podcast, I could say, hey, would you come on my show? And on my show, I get to know people. And then like, I was like, is he the real deal? Because if he's the real deal, this is one of the most powerful stories in the crowdfunding space I've ever heard. It's the real deal. Like I did my work before the interview and during the interview. And after we've had a couple of touch points, I'm like, this guy is amazing. Devin, you should talk to him, sent an email. And very likely this person is going to be, you know, um, featured in a great way at the event. That's just one example, but I do that over and over and over again, where people have come to trust me, even really, really busy people. So I, I oftentimes will reach out and say, do you want to talk to very skillful entrepreneurs with very busy schedules? Like, well, you don't need to ask. You know who I am. You know my values. You know my business. And you've just sent me so many incredible strategic partners or, you know, people to co-market with or whatever it is, I just am like, you two need to talk. And people get a lot of value out of that. And that's good for my brand as well. But that superpower of being a connector rather than just trying to lead with, well, let me tell you about my services and how I can help you. I can do that. I have sales muscles, but I find that that that's an overly emphasized skill. What's more 
um, been helpful to me is to connect people and build ecosystems and help people find the resources that they need. And then they're like, Paul, tell me about your services again, because like, I know, I have a sense now who you know, and um, my sense is if I lean in for your consulting, not only do I get good consulting, but I also get access to your network. So it works for me, but more than that, it's really about being able to help people have great ideas scale by getting the resources that can help them plug into whole new networks that have bigger marketing platforms, more money, more investing possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that is a really powerful superpower. Uh, and and clearly it, it, it helps other people. Can you think of... Uh, a specific example when your introduction helped someone achieve something specific, some outcome derived, you know, came from your introduction or your connection. Yeah, sure. So fairly recently, there's a entrepreneur, a founder of color, social entrepreneur, who's um, working to do a very just one of the best redevelopment, economic redevelopment and in a what we would call an opportunity zone. So um, if anybody doesn't know that language, opportunity zones are marginalized communities, oftentimes, you know, um, not very, there's a lot of overlap between um, an opportunity zone and food deserts and, you know, payday loans, you get a sense, maybe there's like, you know, boarded up windows in certain neighborhoods, right? You get a sense of the kinds of places that get um, designated in opportunities, right? So a founder of color who's got a great economic development and affordable housing um, initiative in an opportunity zone. And um, he has a great idea, but he doesn't have as much access to investors who would understand what he was doing. And I was able to introduce him to somebody. The two of them went and talked. And there's this, the person I introduced him to is the leader of a very large impact network in the region that this founder um, lives in and, and where the project is located. The two of them talked, they had a fabulous conversation and it looks like they're gonna sign a deal where, um, some pretty exciting things are going to happen for that entrepreneur with a network that has a lot of resources. Let's just say that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. What a great story. Uh, now, you know, one of the, the, the realities is that for a lot of us, uh, this idea of connecting people, making introductions is awkward and uncomfortable at, kind of unnatural. And uh, so we don't do it well. Uh, can you give us some tips to help us be better connectors, to help other people connect in the kind of way that you do? Yeah, that's a great question, Devin. First of all, I think to just acknowledge that our culture, uh, a friend of mine is writing a book. She's awesome. Her name is Genevieve Chavez Mitchell. And um, it's about investing and values and spirituality. And it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> anyway, Genevieve talks about the culture that we come from is me, mine. You know, it's very individualistic, especially here in the United States. But it's around the world. Modern culture tends to focus on the individual. And so 
the idea of like connecting people is like obviously not individual. It's it, what she calls, you know, we and our and the collective as opposed to like what's in my bank account or how many clients do I have, right? So just acknowledge that the culture we're swimming in is not helping us build these muscles. And that's why it feels awkward is because we don't, even though there's a ton of research about social capital and social networks and how much that contributes to entrepreneur success, if anybody needs help with that research, I'm happy to share that. But let's just say the research is off the charts about the difference between somebody who approaches business from that individualistic perspective compared to a relational intelligence and, and an ecosystem mindset, the person who has that mindset is going to do much better. It's one of the reasons that women leaders tend to create outsized value as leaders, because women in general think more about relationships than men do. So there's a ton of research, but mostly we're not very good at it because the culture doesn't train us that way. So first of all, just acknowledge you're swimming in a soup of a very individualistic culture. Part of what's helped me is living in New Mexico. New Mexico is not like most of the rest of the U.S. I love living here. And I've had fabulous community organizers as mentors four blocks from my house is Avenida de Cesar Chavez. Um, just to give you one little example, and he and the network of, you know, farm worker and, you know, people who care deeply about the Hispanic and Latinx uh, communities have done a lot of work in my neighborhood. So I've just been swimming in a different ecosystem for a really long time, but just acknowledge uh, that that our culture isn't very good at it. So if it feels awkward, it's because that's not how we were trained. And it's okay that it feels awkward. Don't blame yourself. Just like, all right, I didn't learn this. So let me start to put more attention there as opposed to like, I'm a horrible person or I didn't get that gene and I can't do it. You can do it. All humans have this capacity to be relational. And we just got to kind of fire up those pathways in our nervous systems as opposed to, I can't do that or I'm terrible at it. No, you just haven't practiced. It's time to practice. You got this. That's the first step. The second step is to really listen to what both somebody's values are, right? No, first of all, knowing my values, but also like, all right, Devin, we didn't know each other until fairly recently, Devin. You knew my brother. Like I kind of had some vague sense of what, but we didn't know each other. But in getting to have a few conversations, like I understand a little bit about, I'm, I'm listening to who is Devin, what are his values, and also what's the impact that you want to have. And, and you said like recently to me, I really am leaning into this crowdfunding and how it can help social entrepreneurs, particularly entrepreneurs who might not have been, had access to certain kinds of capital. Because if we look at the research, women founders and founders of color and other people who are coming from marginalized communities get less than 2% and actually went down in 20, we went down from 20, from 2% in 2021 to like down to under 1% for founders of color in 2022. We got a lot of work to do, but crowdfunding is more equitable. And that's part of the reason you're passionate. How do I know? Because I'm listening in the conversation, both for your values and also for the impact you want to have. And there's just a way I've learned to kind of store that away. Some people will use a CRM. I don't, a, a CRM is a customer relationship managing tool. 
Salesforce isn't very popular. There's gazillions of them. You can put that in, but I just have built that muscle over 30 years with great mentors who are awesome community organizers and taught me how to do it. And I'm like, all right, Devin, here's what he's all about, right? Crowdfunding and equity. And you seem like a really relational guy. So when somebody comes along, crowdfunding, equity, relational human, introduce them to Devin, right? It just like triggers a little toggle in my nervous system, these two people need to talk. And that's just something that I've built by listening for many years to values and impact and who else shares that. And then if it's if there's an openness to introduce those folks. So there's a lot more I could say, but that gives you some idea how to get started. Devin, that is great me. advice. Great advice. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, Paul, uh, I'm so excited to have you speak at SuperCrowd23. Uh, you know, your your insights are invaluable. Uh, just what you've shared today uh, about, you know, product market fit, about connecting, just, just profound insights. And so I, I'm excited to share some of that with the community at SuperCrowd23. It'll be a great way for people to connect with you in a more personal way than on a podcast. And so uh, I hope lots of people will join to hear you. Um, it, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm for, I truly believe this is going to be a great event. It'll be helpful to a lot of people. We'll have nearly a hundred people on the program uh, and we'll have uh, a live pitch session uh, where we'll hear from uh, diverse founders and social entrepreneurs. We're giving away money. Uh, at SuperCrowd23, uh, we'll be giving money to uh, individuals who are attending so that they can invest for their own account in uh, one of the 10 companies that will pitch at the conference. So uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun, do a lot of good uh, and make a big difference. And I'm excited to have you there. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for inviting me. It's going to be a great event. I'm really looking forward to it, Devin. Well, thank you. Now, before we wrap up, uh, I wonder, Paul, if you take a minute and just tell people how they can uh, find uh, Awarepreneurs, the podcast, how they can uh, uh, learn more about your consulting, how they can connect with you if they're interested in engaging with you for coaching or consulting and, uh, and uh, you know, anything else, uh, social media links, that, that kind of thing, share it all. Sure. So the podcast has its own website, awarepreneurs.com. The first part of the word awareness, the second part of the word entrepreneurs, plus we're on all the platforms that you could possibly imagine. I don't even remember how many dozens of platforms, but a lot of them. So if you listen to a podcast somewhere, there's a pretty good chance you can find it. And then my consulting work is at my name, Paul Zelizer, Z-E-L-I-Z-E-R.com. Um, and on there, you'll see all the links to socials. But the honest truth is, if you want to connect on social, the only one I really do is LinkedIn. So people sometimes, oh, I sent you a message on Instagram, but I never heard back. And I was like, don't send me a message on Instagram. Like, it's not personal. I, I just won't get back to you. And if you send me a message on LinkedIn, I will get back. So if you're, if you're interested in connecting on social, LinkedIn is the best place. But really, if you want to connect, the best way to do it is either through the Awarepreneurs website, if it's related to the podcast, or if it's a question about consulting or coaching, um, go to paulzelizer.com and there's contact pages on both of those websites. Fantastic. Well, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. You're doing such great work. We want to see you thrive and prosper, continue to help people uh, make a difference in the world. I just think about uh, 
the impact you're having, the difference you're making for entrepreneurs and want to see you succeed so they succeed. So we wish you every success. Thank you so much, Devin. Thanks for having me on the show today. It was really fun to be here. Yeah, thank you. Now, let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.